You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so let me start by telling you some things you already know. Or I hope you do. I hope you know these things. If you don't, then it's a really good thing that I'm telling you right now, right? But if you do know these things, it's just a refresher, okay? I want to tell you four things that being a Christian is not, all right? It's not visiting a building on Sunday morning. That's not being a Christian. Got a little amen over here, but y- y- y'all with me on that one? That's not what being a Christian Being a Christian is not telling people you'll pray for them. You ever done that? And then what do you do? Two weeks later, you remember, oh. I sure hope they don't ask me about that prayer that I told them I'd pray for them, right? Being a Christian isn't posting to social media. Okay, now listen. Christians do these things, but that's not what being a Christian is. That does not make you a Christian because you post good Christian memes or, or, or come up with some articles or something and you post those to social media. Being a Christian isn't hoping for change. So wait a minute, that sounds like being a Christian. No, no, no. Let's take it a little further, okay? So let me tell you four things being a Christian is. Being a Christian is actually being the church 24-7. Not just visiting a building that we sometimes call the church, right? That's one of the things I like about being here. We don't call this the church, right? We don't call it the church. Uh, my grandson Colin, right after we moved here, you know, he he. He had begun calling, he had been calling the house of the Lord, the last place we, the, we, we met over on uh, Mount Olive Road. And so, you know what he started calling this? The Civic Center of the Lord. So it's not even a, ha- you know, it's not even a church. We don't even call it that. So we understand church is not the building. We are the church. Being a Christian is actually being the church 24-7. It's not telling somebody you'll pray for them. It's actually praying for them. I mean, I, I do one of two things, Okay. When somebody tells you something and you, want, and you feel like, well, I need to pray for them. I need to promise them prayer or something. Do one of two things. Either stop right then and pray for them. You know, that's okay. Okay, now, now listen, that doesn't mean you've got to close your eyes, you know, even as well. Like you're walking down the road or something, might not want to do that. Or driving down the road, might not want to do that. But either stop right then and pray for them or take out your phone and make yourself a note. And let them see you do it. So they know that you're, you're actually planning to pray for them. But do one or the other. Don't just throw out a, oh, I'll be praying for you about that. Because you know, how many times does that happen that then you forget? Most of the time, right? I don't know. If, it, if I don't make a note of it, and so I make notes to remind myself. Uh, being a Christian is actually connecting with people. Not just giving them a, you know, a, a blog post, a, an article link to go find and read, but actually connecting with people. Not telling them if they don't share this post in the next 15 minutes that they are not a Christian or they're going to hell or something or whatever. Actually being a Christian is actually connecting with people and being a Christian is actually being the change we want to see. Not just standing back and hoping that change is going to happen. Be the change. What do you want to see happen? You're the church. Make it happen. What do you think needs to happen in our society? You're the church. Get out there and make it happen. Live it. Show it. Be an example. Okay, and, I, and I've heard all these, 
you know, things that we said, and, and, and all these, again, are important. Here's some more things, you know, like we talk, you know, we talk about making a good impression on somebody. We talk about being a good influence on somebody, inspiring others, you know, or, or, or maybe exciting. You know, we want a, a sermon that excites us and, and gets us ready for the week, right? All those things are good. But Jesus aimed a little bit higher for his followers. He aimed higher for you than for you to just be an inspiration. Higher than for you to just be a, an influence. Higher for you than to, than, to, than to just excite people. Like, take me to the next slide if you will, Tommy. Let's read this together. Influencing someone may cause them to act differently about a situation, right? When you influence someone, that, they may act differently about a situation. But if, that influence is probably going to wear off, and it may only work for that one situation. Impressing someone may cause them to see something differently. When you make an impression on someone, they start seeing things differently. Inspiring someone may cause them to think differently. And exciting someone, getting them excited about something, may cause them to evaluate differently. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a, that's a bad thing. You get somebody excited and passionate, I just heard someone this week, they said, I, I got one guy that helps me out with, with the, the ministry, and I've got to be careful what I tell him. If I say, we need to do this, if I say, man, we, we really need that door gone, he said, he'll bust through that door and, and then say, my leader told me to do it. You, you know? It, it, we kind of have to be careful sometimes how we excite people. All these things are good, but there's something different about impact. Has anybody ever had an impact in your automobile? You know what impact does? Impact leaves its mark. I mean, when you, when you have an impact in a car, it is never the same. Okay, let's, okay time for confession here. Just go ahead and be honest with you and tell you. You know, the, the, I, 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 had, I had to speak to Gene this morning, tell him I thank you again for, you know, got the new garage doors in the house. Everything still hadn't moved in. We're getting close, getting close. Get the new garage doors in, and I was frustrated that day, and and I uh, had some things not going the right way, subs not showing up or not doing what they said they'd do, that kind of thing, you know. And some of they messed up. Had to go get some more lumber. Went and got some 12 foot boards on my little seven and a half foot trailers. Frustrated, got my mind in a lot of different places. Come back to the house, and I'm backing up, and my little bitty trailer is kind of narrow, and it's hard to watch. So I'm watching the uh, the tail light, you know, so I don't you know don't get too close to the garage door. But in all that frustration, I forget that I have 12 foot boards on a seven and a half foot trailer you know it didn't dent it really bad let me tell you what because of that impact it was never going to be the same you listen because of impact it was never ever 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 going to be the same you can influence people you can inspire people but when you impact people they are never the same. We've had a lot of great leaders in this world, in this country. But to call Martin Luther King Jr. a great influencer is to absolutely ignore the impact that he had on this country and every country in the world. Because racism is not just an American thing. And not just had, but is still having that impact. I mean, he came at a time with this, uh, with this message of justice, of humanity. I mean, really, his, his message was a message of humanity. It, 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 I know it incited some people, 
you know, inside some people in a negative way, but his message was this message of justice and humanity, and yet the way he approached it with the civility that he had was something this country had never seen before, and it didn't influence, it impacted. Message of justice with an attitude of civility. We need about 535 more people like that up in Washington, D.C., don't we? Some of y'all are going to add that up a little later and you're going to realize what those numbers are. And some of you, you need to go back to your civics, uh, high school civics book to figure out what those numbers are, right? We, we, need, we need some of that. We didn't need somebody to come make us feel better about it. Say, I know, guys, I got a plan. No, he said, I have a dream. That one day down there in Alabama, he said Alabama. One day down there in Alabama, little black boys and little black girls can join hands with little white boys and white girls and be brothers and sisters. That was a, that was a, a speech amongst all of what he did that impacted, not just influence, impacted. It, it changed things. I mean, he may have, seriously, he may have had to die to have had the impact that he had, but he had that impact. 70, what, 70, um, uh, oh, let me add it, 78 years ago, almost 78 years ago, in December would be 78 years, this country was attacked by, by a country that we were not at war with. And we needed a leader with impact. You, now, you might not li have liked Franklin Roosevelt's politics. Let me tell you, he was the man for that moment, that when he stood up the very next day before both houses of Congress and he spoke to the entire country and, and a lot of the world over the radio and he, he said those words I, I mean some of you you can quote them with me right yesterday December 7th 1941 a date that will live in infamy when he said that he, he encouraged us he excited us he inspired us he influenced us he impacted this country to call us to stand up and defend ourselves and defend this world from the tyranny that was about to literally tear it apart because he had impact, impact. After the war, this country saw a, a great economic boom with, a, you know, with the 50s and the housing market and all that's happening, you know, and, and it just the, the country was blessed. The U.S. was blessed, but... But there had been some government programs that kind of put it behind in some ways because the country had been hurting. And so now the country's blessed. So we needed a change of attitude. And you know what? An influence wasn't going to do it. An impression was not going to do it. But in his inaugural speech, John F. Kennedy stood up and he said, Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what? How do you know that? You know why you know that? You know that because... He had impact. He impacted an entire generation. Some of you, it was your grandparents. He impacted an entire generation. I mean, he was preaching 2911 stuff. It's not about me. You are blessed. You live in a blessed country, and because you are blessed and live in this blessed country, you need to put aside you and say, it's not about me. Ask not what, and, and, and we paraphrase that. We change it for other things. Ask not you know, what, what your state, ask not what your school, ask not what your church can do for you, but ask what you can do for your church to better its mission out of the community. And we changed it over and over. In 1987, for, um, let me 
subtract this again, 26 years, Europe had been divided. And a lot of things had happened leading up to this point in 1987. Some people who don't like Ronald Reagan said, he didn't. He's not the one that tore down the wall. I know he wasn't the one. That's not what I'm saying, but listen to me. A lot of things had happened, and we had gotten to a place that everybody knew that wall needed to come down, and the people in East Germany needed to be liberated, set free, so they weren't held prisoner in their own country anymore. And in Berlin in 1987, Ronald Reagan stood up, and he said, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And two years later, it came down. Some of you are old enough to remember would never have believed that day would have happened in your lifetime. With the Cold War and all that, these were not men. Who do you want to be? Somebody tell me, who was the 13th president of the United States? Exactly. <laughs> Millard Fillmore. Somebody tell me what Millard Fillmore did. I hope nobody here, I hope nobody here is related to Millard Fillmore, but he is, he is one of a, I mean, if you look up a list of the most forgettable presidents, he's going to be on those lists, okay? Because nobody knows what he did. He's number 13. I mean, he's following right on, I mean, he's 13. He's just right behind George Washington. He's right behind Adams, and, you know, he's right behind Jefferson, all of those right behind them. How and so, yeah, he's going to get lost in the shuffle. He had influence. Every leader has influence. But those men we were just talking about, they had impact in my life. I did it this week. I sat down, and I said, I, I, I'm going to list people that had impact in my life. Now, of course, I, I'd have to start with my parents, right? So I said, I, I said that, that's a given. Your parents impact you. Even if they're bad parents, they impact you. I'll say, my parents impacted me in a good way, okay? Set them aside, because those are givens. I counted six people in my life that had impact. They didn't influence me. They didn't just inspire me. They didn't just excite me at times. They had impact in my life. There are things about my life today that would not be there if it wasn't for these six people. And every single one of them was a Christian. Every single one of them. You see, so I stand here. Some, sometimes people look at me and they're, I, I know y'all don't really think so maybe, but there's some people who envy me. They're jealous. They're jealous because of the family that I have. They're jealous. All, all my family's in church today. All my immediate family is right here in this church today. You know, and I've got one brother that he attends another church, and all his family is in that church today. Awesome, cool, great, isn't it? Except for one niece, she attends a different church. But they're all, all of them. How are you so blessed? Let me, tell you, let me tell you why I'm blessed. Because our influences, our inspirations, those who have impacted our lives that we have chosen to allow to do that are Christians. And if, you know, I hope, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot of money. I have less than I had before I started building this house. I don't have a whole lot of hair. I have less than I had when I started having children. I don't have everything. But because of what I have been blessed with through Christ and Christianity, I have some things in my life that are enviable to this world. You know, I've said this before quite a few times. It's been a long time since I've said it. I've never been called 
to police station to pick up a member of my family. I've never dropped a member of my family off at rehab. I've never dropped my family off, had to help them find a 12-step program. You see, you see what I'm telling you? It's, it's not me. It's what God did by putting these people in my life to influence my life in this way, to impact my life. And, and, and if that's what the impact of those people can do in my life, then what could you and I do in our communities, in our places of business, in our schools? What could we do if we understood Jesus Christ wants us to have impact? You're the impact for someone else's life. You're the one that is going to help them get to a place that their life is so enviable. People are going to say, I want what they have. Tell me about Jesus. Show me who he is. What, what is it that I can do to have what it is that you, have, you guys have? That they, uh, in, the, in the book of Acts, that's what people said. Tell us about this. One man offered to buy it. I got money. What, what can I do to buy this from you? What is it? You and I can do this. We can have, because being a Christian is about having impact. That's what it's about. I, I, got, I got to hurry. I got about two hours if I, if I don't hurry right here. Matthew chapter 28, 19, 20. We call it the Great Commission, right? All right, let's look at it real quick. And you see some highlights there, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. Go. Jesus didn't say, sit down right now and make a plan. That's not what he said. He said, go. Disciple. Make disciples. Disciple. He didn't say, try to reach some people to disciple. He said, disciple them. Make disciples. He didn't say, offer them an opportunity to be baptized. He said, go baptize them. Baptize them into, into, the, into this walk. And teach them. He didn't say, buy them a book, hand it to them, and say, here, I, 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 I hope you learned something from this. Take the time. Like small group leaders, sit down, right? Right? It's not just giving them a book. It's like, come on, let's get together and talk about this thing. He, he didn't say, just, just offer them the opportunity and, and teach them obedience. He, he didn't say, look, here's some things you guys need to think about. Go tell them, here's some important things that Jesus said. No, teach them. If they want to have the enviable life, go impact them by teaching them that these things are important that they need to obey. So look at all this. He says, go. He says, disciple. He says, baptize. He says, teach. Teach them what? To obey. He did not say go and try. He did not say go make an attempt. He did not say you would have the potential that this might happen. He said this, think about it, he said this as if it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to be successful in what he had sent them to do. Because it was a foregone conclusion. Because Jesus aimed a lot higher for his followers. And he said his followers, his followers are going to go and make disciples. They are going to go and lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They are going to go and speak the words of God. And, and life is going to happen in other people. It's going, it's going to blossom forth. This is, this is what he said would happen. This is what he said would happen to anyone who follows him. We would have this kind of impact. Okay, so go to my next, uh, my next scripture. This is, this is in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Larry will like this one. 
You are the salt of the earth. That's an inside joke, right? Okay. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. All right, when you and I hear that, when, when you hear salt, what is the image you get in your mind? Okay, but like where? On the table? In a salt shaker? They didn't have salt shakers on tables back in this day. That's not what we're talking about. Because So when we read this, we think flavor, right? We're supposed to flavor. We're supposed to influence. We're supposed to impress upon people. Okay, that's part of it, remember? We're not throwing all that out. That's part of it. But Jesus, bring up the next slide. We'll add this right here. When Jesus was around, salt was a curative. It was a preventative. It was a tool to be used. It was a powerful force that impacted every single thing it touched. you got to be careful where you leave a lot of salt. I don't know if you know that or not. You'll get rust on, on metal. You, a lot of things happen. And who is the salt? Look at that first word up there. Who's the salt? We're the salt. So you know what? You know what salt does? You know what we do? We're a curative. This world is sick, and boy, it needs a cure. We're a preventative. This world is killing itself, and it needs a prevention. We're a tool to be used in the hands of God. We are a powerful force that impacts every single thing we touch. If you are salt, you cannot come in contact with someone without impacting them. Because that's what salt does until it loses it. Now, that savor thing, and some, some translations say flavor. That's not what it's saying. If you look at the word, what it is saying, it is talking about when, when salt loses its savor, when salt, it, it's actually like when it becomes insipid, when it becomes simple, when it breaks down to where it is no longer salt, it is only basically just a bunch of rocks. And that's why Jesus said, because this is what they would do with it. If it sat on the ground too long, or if it was under the, uh, under the, uh, the influence of the weather, sun and rain, it would lose its power to impact and it would become gravel basically just white gravel and so what they would do is they would throw it out on their footpaths and it would be trod underground if you are a follower of Christ then you are salt and everything you touch is going to be changed but if it's not then we have to ask some questions why am I not having impact because you're supposed to have impact everything you touch Everything you say, every place you go, every conversation you have is supposed to have impact. Jesus had a ministry of impact. Uh, go ahead, I think, skip that one. I've already said that. Go to the next one. There you go. When Jesus went to church, he didn't just warm a pew or a chair or a mat, whatever it was he sat on. You know, you know what he did? Bring up the next three slides so I can just read through these real quick. He healed people in church. Actually, in church. He, the next one he made some people mad because they didn't like him healing in church. I was supposed to sing my special, but you started healing people. Nobody wanted to hear me sing. Now, that's not exactly what happened, but you read those, those scriptures, that's kind of what happened. I, I was doing my thing, and you showed up and did something better. Nobody wants to sing my thing anymore. He got mad, and he cleared the profiteers out of the temple. You know, Jesus, Jesus didn't just warm a pew when he, when he came. Man, when Jesus came to church, you knew he was in church. Hmm. When you show up, does anybody know it? And I don't just mean in church. When you walk in the room, does anybody know? And I don't mean they know that you're there, but do they know something is different? Something just happened. There's, there's something different in this place now. When you enter a conversation, 
Does, does, do things not change? Oh, I gotta hurry. I gotta hurry. Ne- next slide. Um, Jesus had a ministry of impact. People were amazed at him. Matthew twenty two thirty three says p- the crowds were astonished. Uh, Seven twenty eight through uh, it's supposed to be through twenty nine uh, said that the people were amazed at his teachings. In Matthew twenty one, uh, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as Jesus entered. Who is this man? And when, and, and and Jesus had this ministry of impact that everywhere he went. People said, whoa, wait, look at this, what? I'm amazed, I'm astounded, I hear this, I see this, what's going on? And people were impacted. Go on to the next slide. He was healing every single person. And I won't read the scripture references. And listen, again, they're on the, they're on the Connect page in the sermon notes so you can read all of these. To heal every kind of, is there anybody sick in this building right now? Or you got a family member that's sick right now? You, you need to jump on these scriptures right here. You need to say it every. You need to say every kind of disease. You just need to whisper that right now. You healed every kind of sickness and disease. You need to whisper that. Anybody sick in this room, you need to be whispering that. And, and he healed every kind of disease. And he healed all, all the sick. Somebody say all. Y'all know what all means, right? And he healed every kind of disease and illness. He healed all the sick among them. All who touched him were healed. Jesus touched their eyes instantly they could see. And I want to point something out to you. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all tell the story of Christ's life here on the earth. And so they repeat some of the same stories. I want you to realize what I did here. Do you see all the scripture references? All of these are from the telling of Matthew. They are all separate incidents. And at the bottom there, I got a bunch more that I just didn't have time or room to put up there. All of them are, in, are, are on, on the Connect page in the sermon notes. And if you're dealing with anything, like you need Jesus, man, you need to just go this afternoon and look at all these scriptures. Okay, but let's read this last one together. Matthew 15, 30 through 31. A vast crowd brought to Jesus people who were lame, blind, crippled, those who couldn't speak, and many others. They laid them before Jesus. And I like that, and many others. You know, Matthew said, I remember this, 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 and there's all kind of other people, you know, had needs too, and many others. So if yours isn't up there, you're just part of the many others, right? And they laid them before Jesus, and he healed them all. The crowd was amazed. Those who hadn't hadn't been able to speak were talking. The crippled were made well. The lame were walking, and the blind could see again. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus had a ministry of impact, and he left it to me and you to continue. He didn't finish it. He didn't say it was over. He told the disciples, go wait in Jerusalem. And power's going to show up in about 10 days. He didn't tell them 10 days. He said, told them, just go wait. Boy, it's a good, good, uh, good point there, isn't it? Sometimes God doesn't tell us how long to wait. He just tells us, wait. And in 10 days, they continued his ministry. He had a ministry of impact. And he left it for us to continue. Anybody here ever been to Sunday school? Anybody ever been to vacation Bible school? Kids crusades? You know, what, what, what you go home with, all that stuff you went home with, right? And sometimes, you know, we, we, make, we make church about the stuff, don't we? We make church about the stuff of Jesus instead of about Jesus. And that's when we start losing our impact. Because it's not about stuff, it's about Jesus. Okay, there's a lot of stuff around, but it's about Jesus. So, you know, next slide, please. Tommy? Yeah, it is Tommy back there. We weren't given, when we became a Christian, we weren't given a certificate or a Bible bookmark or a gold star. That's not what we were given as salt to impact this world. We were given 
power over all evil forces and over all sicknesses and diseases and a lot of other things I can mention but because I've got that scripture there I just mentioned those two we weren't given a gold star because we showed up on Sunday because we we got baptized because uh, because we became a Christian we weren't given those we were given power power to impact power to power to yes influence and yes impress and yes inspire and yes excite other people but we were given power to impact and if you feel like a little bit of your your power is kind of easing away that you're getting a little insipid y'all gonna have to look that word out aren't you because I look that word up aren't you because I've thrown it out there twice if you feel like that then let's check ourselves today and remember, I'm the salt. I'm supposed to have impact. I am not ever supposed to walk into a place and walk out and leave it the way I walked in. I am not ever supposed to have a relationship that I don't in some way impact in a positive light. Every single thing I touch as a child of God, I'm supposed to leave a mark. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.